This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. How does this auger going forward? Well, let's find out. Uh, Paul Inadiak is the VP of BDO Canada, and he's joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you, John? We're doing fine. Uh, you know, it's the next generation or two that I'm really worried about, or maybe even this one. I mean, it looks to me like this is a pretty dire predicament when you've got 53% of Canadians, little disposable income, and for a quarter of Canadians, I guess uh, their debt remains overwhelming. Where are we going? Well, it is becoming overwhelming. It's becoming overwhelming for a period of time. It, it has been building, it's building, and, and we're seeing it. You know, BDO has been doing its affordability index over the last couple of years in partnership with uh, Angus Reid, and the results are really becoming alarming. Our index was there to measure how affordable life is in Canada, and the results are showing that, you know, Canadians are struggling facing, you know, daily issues, you know, some, you know, as simple as putting food on the table. And, you know, it, it is going to get worse. It, it's going to get worse, and people need to get control of their debt situation now. When we say Canadians are living 53% paycheck to paycheck, uh, what does that mean? One paycheck away from insolvency? Uh, potentially, you know, some of the polls are they're saying people are $200 away from uh, insolvency. You know, living paycheck to paycheck is a struggle. And a lot of times we're also finding that Canadians don't have budgets. And this is really a result of more and more Canadians are financial illiterate. Uh, they're not teaching it in school. The government just reintroduced it uh, for grade 10 recently. However, you know what, that's going to be four or five years till we see these kids in the workforce. So we need to focus on what is going on now and, you know, focus on all Canadians. You know, Canadians don't have budgets. Half of Canadians don't have budgets. So when you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have a budget, you don't know where your money's going or you don't even know where to start to help yourself. Okay, so uh, you're starting to explain what might be deemed the root causes of this debt crisis for individuals and their families. Uh, you know, I mean, when we talk about these kinds of phenomena, I always like to drill down on what causes of the, causes this, and you're saying financial illiteracy to a large extent. Are Canadians not adequately compensated? Are they profligate? They're spending beyond their means. They don't know how to save. When you say 31% of Canadians can't pay off their credit card, and 40% of Canadians have non-mortgage debt of over $20,000, I mean, how, how, how are people getting into this pickle? You know, we've had years of easy credit. We've had years of low interest rate, and people have gotten used to it. People have gotten used to tap technology and going out and seeing something they want and just tapping their card, and it's that simple. And they don't actually have to think about it again until that, you know, bill comes up in the email or the bill still comes the old-fashioned way to the door. You know, it is it is very concerning. And what we're doing is we're trying to teach Canadians that, you know, you can have kind of the best of both worlds, but you need to plan ahead. Plan ahead by by, you know, putting money aside, saving up for, you know, your goals. It's no longer, the, you know, I want everything right now. You know what, you have to actually save and, and earn that goal. Yeah, so there's a lack of financial discipline. Here's another stat that I found arresting. 39% of Canadians have no savings for retirement. Do they think that the government's going to look after them in their dotage? 
Well, I think sometimes people are with that mentality that they're, you know, going to win the lottery and it'll take care of everything. Unfortunately, most Canadians believe that. And, uh, you know, a lot are looking to the future and aren't as concerned about the future. You know, looking at the stats, we, we understand millennials might not be as concerned about their retirement. Uh, Gen Xers, they're the next group that's coming there. But, you know, when we have boomers and, and seniors now that are just living on CPP and old age security, without any further savings, you know, I'm seeing the direct impact of that. I'm seeing these individuals come in saying, you know what, my expenses are out of control and I had a drop in my income when I retired. Help, what do I do now? Because they didn't plan ahead. Well, yeah, the cost of living and affordability, it's like, you know, you look down the tunnel, you think you see light uh, at the end of the tunnel, but it's a freight train coming the other way. Uh, Again, with your study, 69% say they won't have enough savings to last through retirement. What's the fallback for these people? Oh, fallback is what we're going to be seeing is uh, family and friends. We are seeing it quite a bit. We're seeing, you know, a lot of seniors moving in uh, with their children as, you know, it used to be years ago. However, now, you know, families are getting together that they are sharing the cost of that. However, it's not always possible for some seniors. You know, what they're doing is is they're going out there. We're seeing a big impact uh, of the payday loan companies now on the seniors market. They are going out to multiple payday loan places and they are getting these loans and, you know, with them, they get their they get their check once a month, you know, for them to cover that and next month they're in a hole again. And they're going to every source possible just to, you know, continue their standard of living. Well, yeah. And, you know, uh, as we see, Tax Freedom Day seems to uh, go further and further into the calendar on an annual basis. It's getting pretty scary because, again, you know, you're working half your life for the government, it seems, and uh, they're taking their pound of flesh. I was just referring to before we started with the preamble that, you know, if governments are running huge debt and deficits, that's a deferred tax. And since these taxes are not decreasing, uh, there's even more of a crunch to come, is there not? There is. And people also take a look at the government and saying, well, the government wants to, you know, run the deficits now. Why can't I do that in in my life? Why can't I? You know, they're not being fiscally responsible. So why should I be fiscally responsible? So, you know, they they take what the government uh, shows them and they live off it as well. So how do we rectify this? If I put you in charge and uh, I mean, it looks to me like we almost need to uh, have a, a reset here, a psychological kind of adjustment to understand financial or, uh, you know, being responsible that way, uh, teaching financial literacy and all the rest. Uh, Any other suggestions you might offer? Well, financial literacy needs to be revisited at various stages in life. So it's great that the government implemented it in in, uh, grade 10, you know, to plan that budget for when they get their first job or when they go back to school. However, it really needs to be reinforced when, you know, you're graduating, when you reach another milestone in your life. A lot of times what we're finding is when people go to borrow money from financial institutions, all it's all about of, you know, the sticker shock right now. What are you going to pay? What do you, you know, not what you're going to do down the road. Really, financial literacy needs to be reinforced at every stage in life, including when you're preparing to retire. When you're preparing to retire, that's when the tough choices need to be made. You know, where am I going to have to cut my expenses? You know, your pension might not be 100% of what you're earning right now. So what are you going to do to cut your expenses if you want to maintain your standard of living? Again, with Paul Anadiuk, he's the VP of uh, BDO Canada. That's an accounting firm, and they did their affordability index. And uh, it's some scary stats that they've chewed out here. 53% of Canadians live paycheck to paycheck. 25% of Canadians' uh, debt remains overwhelming. 31% of Canadians can't pay off their credit card. 40% of Canadians have non-mortgage debt of over $20,000. 
And, you know, uh, again, this is against the backdrop of relatively cheap money and uh, flush economic times, uh, for the most part, over the last 10 or 11 years has been a bull run on the stock market and so on and so forth. They say, you know, uh, you put away when, the you know, things are good and you save for the rainy day. It doesn't seem to me like that's the attitude Canadians have adopted. No, it's not the attitude they have adopted. They, you know, they want to take advantage of everything right now and worry about things tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is going to be coming very quick, and you know, when the collectors are knocking, wanting you to pay uh, the bills back, that's when most people start worrying. Not planning ahead of time. Planning ahead of time is key. Even people who you know uh, experience financial difficulty, sometimes it's because of a life event. It's not because something they've done, but they haven't planned for that life event. So that's it's important to plan for various life events and plan for emergencies for the future. Well, you know, and a lot of people now have uh, been cast into a situation where they might have been planning to retire, but they've got to stay in the workforce if they can longer. And uh, how does that argue too going forward for the next generation or two generations? Are they going to have to work longer to make ends meet? Uh, Freedom 55 is really a myth here in Canada. You you don't hear too many people retiring at 55, and if they do, uh, they're just slowing down. They're actually, you know, partially retiring and getting another job, and we are seeing this with a lot of seniors that are continuing to stay in the workforce, stay longer than they really would anticipate. What's going to happen is the perception is going to go on to the young kids as well, as that's the acceptable way of of doing things, is that you are going to be working longer and that you might as well get used to it. Well, it shouldn't be that way. You know, we should be looking at, you know, accomplishing our goals, setting our goals, making sure that we are all financially sound. Well, you know what I found fascinating, too, is the gender split within your study, uh, because women are impacted more than men are. It is. You know what, when I was reading the study, I was taking a look at that, and I thought that was an interesting stat. And then I started thinking, you know what, we're still not there for, you know, equal pay for equal work. That, that is one of the factors as well. It, you also take a look at, you know, a household. If you do have a you know, household, too, of, of two spouses, a lot of times, you know, things are broken down as far as gender roles. You know, the female in the house might still be doing the books and records of the house, the shopping, the savings, things like that. And that's why we're seeing that little bit of an impact there in this study. Well, it's an arresting one, to say the least, and uh, hopefully there are be some takeaway that uh, maybe it gets people's attention if they can, if they have the wherewithal to do it. Otherwise, you know, in a time where uh, the rate of inflation is relatively low, and uh, as I say, times are pretty good, uh, if we hit that downturn or a real skid in the economy, uh, this is going to be a major shakeout here. Uh, this is really the clarion call to get your house in order financially, I guess. Paul, I appreciate you coming on the program and uh, spelling out some of the salient points in that study. Excellent. Thank you, John. You got it. Paul Anadiuk, again, is the vice president with the accounting firm BDO. They did their affordability index. (laughs) It's scary stuff. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.